It's 2024, and there is an endemic that is plaguing at least the United States, maybe the world. It's an endemic of the lack of common sense. When you apply common sense through many of the stories that the media feeds us or the right or the left feeds us, they just don't stand the test of time. On the right, there's sensationalism. And on the left, there's bold lies that don't stand up to facts and figures. Today, we're going to discuss what happened in Kansas City with the shooting at the Super Bowl parade, as well as talk about what's going on within the FBI and the informant who lied about Joe Biden. We're also going to get into talking about the new data that is now out there and available, the WHO has pushed out, that the COVID vaccines were actually causing the harm that everybody said it was safe and effective. But when you applied common sense to all of these things and many more, what you would find is there are people that have been trying to calmly tell you the truth the entire time, and they were labeled either as uh, a conspiracy theorist or labeled as a right-wing nutjob or a left-wing nutjob instead of being listened to. Can we get back to using common sense and listening to one another with open ears so that our hearts and our minds may receive that message and we can discern on it. Our world could use a lot of discernment. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden. Let's get emboldened. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden. All right, top of the show, I said we're going to be dealing with common sense issues today. I'm going to try to keep this measured as best as possible. Uh, by first, let's define what I believe common sense is. When I talk about common sense, I'm, I, I like to refer to this as the ability for an outsider to look at a situation using everyday intelligence being able to use judgment that is from that everyday shared experience in life. And it has nothing to do with any specialized ideals or knowledge or degrees that people may earn. Now, it's just the reasonable decisions and judgments that would just generally be known if we could remove bias and emotion from conversation. And if we didn't need all the extra analyzing, if we didn't need all the specialized expertise to offer their views, let's just get down to the common sense approach. Well, first we should address why in society are people unable to look at the stories I'm going to cover today with a lens of common sense. Well, the first would be maybe they don't have an experience in a certain area. You know, who would you rather talk to you about quitting smoking 
somebody who's never smoked a day in their life or somebody who smoked a pack a day and learned to overcome their addiction and can give you great advice on that? Well, some people will choose one or the other, but it will probably depend on their experiences. However, a lack of experience could cause somebody to struggle to apply that common sense principle. Other people may have emotional biases, and you can see this in politics right now, where people strong emotions, they just cloud judgment. They keep people's ability to think critically and rationally, uh, they keep it at bay. They get anger. They, they might fear being wrong. They may have anxiety over their decisions of what might be the right way to approach something. And so they could just overlook the obvious solutions because they have an agenda in their emotional bias. And we see this often with the 2A crowd talking about gun violence. And we'll get into that later today as well. Perhaps people have their cognitive biases that keep them from having common sense. And this could be, maybe they have confirmation bias. This could be the, the vaccine is safe and effective. They hear that so many times, they just confirm that it must be true. And that will come back on the show today as one of our stories. Or maybe it's anchoring bias, which is a principle that says the first thing that you heard is often the only right thing, despite the fact you might get new information about what the FBI might have done to Joe Biden. Maybe they lied, but your anchoring statement is all you hold on to. And so as a result, your cognitive bias digs in from that first thing, the anchoring bias. Some people might just not be able to critical think. You know, critical thinking is something that bold Americans, our listeners here on American Boldened, we pride ourselves in. We pride ourselves on being able to evaluate a situation, analyze it, as well as try to come up with some problem-solving skills. When, when people lack these type of skills or lack this empathy in the critical thinking world, they cannot apply common sense to the complex situations that society is asking us to do so. Perhaps they culturally grew up in a different neighborhood or different background, different ethnicity than you did. And so that can shape what values they have as common sense as well. That can shape different societies. You go to the different countries, common sense would be reliant on certain behaviors, right? Maybe you wouldn't walk outside without a head covering if you didn't live in the United States. You lived overseas in a place where it was expected for a woman to do so. Some people have cognitive limitations, and let me tell you, no one likes to think of themselves as cognitively limited, but in my experience as a public school teacher and someone who's been in and out of education, uh, helping our youth from the grade school age all the way up as a college teacher, what I would say is there are many people that are cognitively limited. You see this in individualized education plans. When you take people's uh, adaptive IQ, their emotional IQ, and you realize that chances are, if you're listening to this show, you're already probably more intelligent than 80% of society. If you're listening to what I have to say, I'm not saying that makes you intelligent. I'm just saying the fact that you're seeking out podcasts and you're listening to different perspectives, chances are possibly you've already passed by the cognitive limitations, your processing speed. You're able to keep up with what I'm saying, but this hurts people's common sense. And if you think that our bold Americans might be smarter or have more, uh, less cognitive, I should say, limitations, then that could tell you why people would have trouble with common sense. 
People sometimes are just lack of awareness of themselves. They don't recognize their own ignorance, right? And you can call that back to cognitive bias, but that's other people would not see that. Other people might rely on the authority or tradition that the parents taught them at some point in time, right? Authority figures. You don't question them. I know growing up in the Catholic church, you don't question what a priest says. But then as I got older now, I understand all the abuse that was going on in the church. And I'm starting to wonder, why did we treat authority figures as if they were saints and not the sinners that we all are? And also within the authority figures, there's traditions, right? Tradition, the papa. <laughs> little musical knowledge for you if you know that reference. But those traditions that we hold on to can keep us from seeing the common sense. Uh, stress, pressure, intellectual laziness, just not wanting to read the story. You know, have you ever sent somebody something and they immediately have a knee-jerk response and you know they didn't read the story? Well, that's just intellectual laziness. So all of these things that I just outlined, I gave you a list of reasons why people can't approach the topics I'm going to discuss the show with an open mind without bias. So let's get straight into what happened during the Kansas City Chiefs parade. If you haven't heard this story yet, it's an absolute tragedy what happened in Kansas City. Two teenagers went on a, at least two teenagers, might have been more, that's how many have been caught, they went on a shooting rampage that lasted about six seconds. And listening to this shooting, as someone who is an avid gun owner, who as uh, somebody who goes to the range quite often has fired many different weapons, I can't help but to think that the narrative that only two people were shooting is either false or there was highly illegal weapons in the individual's hands based upon the rapid fire nature of what was recorded on multiple recordings, TMZ being one of them. Now, why am I pointing out Kansas City in a common sense approach? Well, immediately after the shooting, where a number of children were injured, I'll get into those details uh, here in a few moments. Well, I'll just do it now. Uh, the was 11 children between the ages of 6 and 15 years old uh, were injured and put to a children's hospital. Nine of those children that were injured had gunshot wounds. That is, was according to uh, Stephanie Meyer, a spokesperson at the children's hospital at Children's Mercy in Kansas City. Totally, uh, in all, there were 29 patients that were received from all hospitals. 19 of these patients were treated for gunshot wounds and a radio DJ by the name of Lisa Lopez Galvan, who was a mother of two, was killed in the shooting following the celebration. And I don't know if she had any children there or not. I haven't gone that deep into this. Immediately after what the media deemed a mass shooting at the parade, these statements started coming in from liberal accounts and those that would like to restrict the Second Amendment. Immediately, they started crying. Common sense gun laws. Pass them right now. What does that mean? Common sense gun laws. Can somebody explain to me what a common sense gun law is in 2024? And the reason why I'm asking this question, and I'm going to offer a rebuttal, is quite simply, 
The common sense gun laws were already on the books, both in Missouri as well as all throughout our country. The problem is not common sense gun laws, it's common sense individuals. Let's start here before we even talk about some of the common sense violations that came out of Kansas City. The first common sense violation that I would like to point out is the common sense uh, issue of how we deal with gun violence in this country. Let's talk about it, folks. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, we've got to restrict the guns from the people because if we don't do this, we're not going to be able to save lives. I believe this is uh, one of the main groups that comes to Delaware and other states and advocates for Democrat senators and uh, representatives in order to restrict Second Amendment rights through writing more laws and legislation. What other issue in society do we attack the inanimate objects and not talk about the individuals? When somebody commits an act of violence with a gun, common sense says an individual was highly, highly troubled in either a fit of rage, a psychotic episode, or that person was just going through a disregard for human life and was completely evil in their actions. The gun was not evil. The gun did not intend to kill anybody. In fact, if that were true, my home would be probably very unsafe. I'd have guns just deciding one day whether they liked me or not. Thank God that doesn't happen. See, guns are inanimate objects. We do not solve issues by taking away inanimate objects. We solve this issue by talking to the individual, finding better mental health resources, finding better ways to support people, to not enslave people into a way of poverty. And we can get into gang violence and a bunch of that later here in the show as I, as I really dive down into these teenagers and what the common sense is not telling us. If your nephew, sister, son, daughter, family member, insert whoever there, is an alcoholic, are we going to attack Budweiser, Coors Light, Michelob, Yingling, whatever your beer of choice might be, or the Hennessy Company? Are we going to attack all of them and say, stop making alcohol, you horrible people? Or are we going to talk about that family member that is an alcoholic? and dealing with addiction. Common sense should say, that's the first place we should start. Sure, you can talk about maybe uh, some liquor, you know, what is uh, and not allowed on public roads. You shouldn't be allowed to drink and drive because it could be a public health issue. But I don't believe you should regulate and just say, well, you can't enjoy alcohol if you enjoy alcohol, a drink or two to feel more relaxed. It's when abuse comes in, but that's on an individual level. That is not the fault of the alcohol companies? Or what if you have somebody who is uh, maybe abusing a hard drug uh, or maybe just a soft drug, right? Maybe it's something more like marijuana. What if you have a teenager and they're smoking pot? Do we sit there and say, oh, this pot, oh, this pot is the, the devil's lettuce. We got to get it away from old Johnny here. Or do we say, hey, Johnny, you know, 
you're young, you're a teenager, your brain's still developing. Perhaps this is not the smartest thing to be doing right now and offer ways to say, what are you trying to escape, Johnny? Why at the age of 15 are you smoking pot before going off to high school and spending your day high? What is it about high school that you don't like? What is it about your family situation that we can help with? We're not treating the individual. But see, the common sense tells me, yes, that's where we start those conversations. But common sense, that's not where we start the conversations, bold Americans, when it comes to gun violence. We never talk about the individual's we only talk about the access to weapons. Well, you know who did not have access to these weapons in Kansas City or should not have legally had access? That's right. The two suspects who've been arrested in Kansas City. They should not have been able to hold handguns if they are teenagers, and especially semi-automatics, if that's what I'm hearing on this recording, unless there were multiple people that were shooting, and it was more than two. I think you can go listen to that yourself. Like I said, TMZ has that audio if you'd like to hear it. Well, immediately, people were wondering, why is it in Kansas City that the Kansas City Star noticed that these juveniles that were arrested on gun-related and resisting arrest charges, no one has been named. The news has not released the names of the teenagers because they are minors. Oh, really? I'm just kind of curious. How would Kyle Riddenhouse... Yeah, I know that's going to trigger a few people with cognitive biases here. But how would Kyle Riddenhouse feel about the fact that in Missouri right now, the names of these teenagers are not being stated. Well, it's fun because Kyle Rittenhouse actually put out a statement about this yesterday. He went on to Twitter and he says, they can't reveal the Kansas City parade shooters because they're under 18? Oh, really? Good to know. Then he writes, I am trying to comprehend why the government was quick to reveal my name after I defended myself, but they still haven't released the names of the Kansas City shooters. Well, Kyle, I think that the answer to this is rather clear. When you look through what happens in this country, depending on what your age is, what the color of your skin is, whether or not it's possible that it's gang violence, I mean, there's probably some DEI going on here as well. Let's just be realistic about this. Now, common sense would tell us that we could also look at what happened in Kansas City just earlier this year when Holden Armenta was outed by Deadspin as being dressed up in blackface. <laughs> Which, all of a sudden, Shannon Armada said, hey, you know what? Uh, actually, our family's Native American. Stop. How come this young boy had his name published, had his face published all over the internet with people arguing whether or not he was a racist little jerk? When really, he was just Native American and celebrating his heritage with his family as a proud cheese fan. Oh, that's right. Because apparently in America, we're supposed to believe that if you are rooting for the Washington Redskins, then you must be a racist. It's the Washington football team, don't you know? If you're out of the Kansas City Chiefs and you're going, oh, oh, oh you could be stepping on uh, the Native Americans' rights. However, Life is not that simple. Common sense would say, why 
are we protecting some young people and not others? Well, did you know in our country that newspapers around uh, maybe 15 years ago, they stopped publishing descriptions of individuals that were committing crimes when their skin was melanated. Yes, believe it. Now, there was a policy that was put in place for that. The reason for this comes from a National Institute of Health study that talked about race and ethnic representations of lawbreakers and victims in crime news. It was a study of national television coverage in newspapers, which felt that by putting in specific details about perpetrators of color, that it would help reinforce racial stereotypes and racial biases that some people have. Let's just call it what it is, racism. A crime is a crime. I don't care if you're white, red, brown, blue, yellow. If you commit a crime, you should have your name as well as the details of that crime, especially when you're shooting over 20 people at a parade, your name should be out there for other individuals to see. So either we believe in the rule of law, where you can talk about a teenager that committed a shooting, or we don't believe in that. So if you're Kyle Rittenhouse under the age of 18, why is it that he gets named and these two teens in Kansas City who go on a shooting rampage are not named? Common sense tells me we should be able to talk about that. But we can't in this country. We can't talk about it because there are people that do want to take away your Second Amendment rights. They want to take away your ability to have a weapon. They like to ignore the common sense uh, details surrounding gun ownership in this country and how safe you actually are in this country around weapons. They like to ignore the fact that gang violence is happening in our major cities and teenagers are dying almost daily, if not weekly, in our cities. And the politicians, especially the politicians on the left, they just look the other way. But they wait for the violence to attack at a place like a parade or a school or a mall in order to enact their legislations, their ideology, because they know that's the best time. When emotions are high, common sense goes out the window in critical thinking. Bold Americans, the information that you're receiving on the news is carefully curated every single day. And in that, they leave out details. Many times, they know the truth, but they don't tell you the whole truth. Common sense says they should. Why aren't they doing it? Well, perhaps there's money that can be taken away from their news organization should they be seen as violating the National Institute of Health, or should somebody say, you guys published that kid's description, that's racist, or you put his name in there, you did damage to my son for the rest of his life. Sorry, your son should have thought about that before he opened up fire and killed one person, injuring 19 others to 23 others, whatever that final number is, in Kansas City. Just perhaps that's what should happen. On the opposite side of this break, we're going to talk about Joe Biden and an FBI informant that lied, that perpetuated a common sense mistake on the right, as well as a study 
about the safe and effective COVID vaccines that are going to vindicate all the people who said that the COVID vaccines were killing millions of individuals. Well, guess what? A study that just came out from the WHO says, yes, they were correct. Now, I told you I was going to talk about the FBI informant. Now, this is not a member of the FBI. This is somebody who is employed by the FBI to give information to them. Now, special counsel David Weiss, who's been working the Hunter Biden charges, has charged Alexander Smirnov of making a false statement and creating a fictitious record on the FBI 1023 report. Now, why is this important for me to cover? Well, Booker Scott had me on the network just about maybe six months ago when this story broke that con Congress was using to ramp up these charges against Hunter and say that Joe Biden had this money. Well, guess what? This completely dissolves that section of accusations that the Republicans were holding onto. By Smirnov giving a fictitious uh, account of what happened between Hunter Biden and Burisma's board and implicating his father, stating that $5 million was paid to a public official, one, when he was in office, and business person, one, uh, to take care of all those issues through his father. He was alluding to Joe Biden, the president, and Hunter Biden, his son. This is false. This informant lied. He was employed by the FBI, but had a allegiance, likely the, the Donald Trump side. He did not like Joe Biden, according to uh, communications that the FBI now has from him. Well, Mr. Smirnov has sent the Republicans on a hunt against Hunter Biden, including myself. I own that. I was on the show with Booker saying, yeah, well, this is exactly what Congress has. You know, it's this, uh, I remember at the time he was asking me, what is an FBI 1023 report? And is it trustworthy? And I said, the FBI vets their people very well, Booker. And yes, this is trustworthy, you know, because it would be something that is a punishable crime. Should you lie on it? It's a felony and he would be put in jail. So these are taking very serious. I would have never have seen Alexander Smirnov making a false statement and getting arrested for this felony charge now later on. This has major implications because we need to use common sense. Now, John Paul MacIsaac appeared on the show, and John Paul made some accusations at the time saying that in these emails, there were connections between Hunter Biden, Burisma, as well as individuals that were controlling now the Ukrainian army uh, that we have uh, seen in war that the United States is helping to support. That does not change this account. Democrats will probably look at this immediately and say, well, see, the whole thing is a sham. They had people colluding and lying. Common sense tells me that if people will collude and lie against Joe Biden, then the FBI will also have informants to collude and lie against Donald Trump. I've been saying for a while, I don't know that we can trust the alphabet agencies 
to serve America well at this point in time. I have a real problem, in fact, with a lot of the organizations that should be bipartisan. It should be nonpartisan, really. When you talk about our Supreme Court, I really struggle with this concept of, well, you know, this Supreme Court justice is going to be uh, somebody the Democrats can really dig into, really support the Democrats, or, well, this conservative judge is really going to be good for Republicans. That is not why we should have Supreme Court justices. Just like our FBI should not be about which political candidate they favor to be in office, it should be about what is best for the safety of our country. With these allegations now against Smirnov, I have to ask, what other fictitious reports has the FBI missed from people who have done their bidding for Republicans or Democrats against the political opponents? The right has been saying for a while that there is a war against Donald Trump. The left has been saying the Republicans are on a witch hunt because it's everything they did to Donald Trump. They want to get Joe Biden. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. It's likely that, yeah, Joe Biden has enriched himself just as Donald Trump enriched himself. But there's also people that are scared of a Joe Biden presidency. And there's people scared of a Donald Trump presidency. But is fear good for any of us? It seems that fear seems to make the world go around. When really happiness has been lost in the equation. Are people truly happy? Or are they just fear-based looking for the next person that's out to get them? You can become very paranoid looking at these headlines, seeing the fact that the FBI is untrustworthy, and it's supposed to be the organization that keeps us safe. I think that is a dangerous place to be. Now, common sense is going to spin this story in Joe Biden's favor and weaponize it against Republicans. Are the Republicans at fault for Smirnov? Did they give him financial incentive to lie? Or is there somebody in the shadow, in the background, and deep state operative almost? And I hate to use that word because that elicits the idea of conspiracy, but Honestly, we got to go there from a common sense approach. We've got to talk about whether or not there's conspiracy to overthrow Joe Biden, just as much as we should talk about whether or not there's a conspiracy to overthrow Donald Trump. And for the people that say, well, you know, Donald Trump's a criminal, look at all these charges that he's received. He's lost two civil cases at this point in time. He's lost a ton of money in these civil cases. I didn't talk about this on the show yet because I've been busy covering other topics, but this money that Donald Trump was fined. Can we talk common sense about the Enron scandal and who was harmed during the Enron scandal specifically versus Donald Trump and them asking for $355 million? See, during Enron, the company was using accounting tricks to manipulate its books and inflate its profits and hiding its debts against people and creating shell companies that Enron was using to transfer assets and liabilities off of their data sheets. 
And I believe it was uh, the Enron chief executive who was sentenced to 168 months in prison for conspiracy, securities fraud, and some other charges, uh, Jeff Skilling. That was the only uh, major, major charge during Enron. The Enron CEO uh, accepted that deal and was released back February 21st, 2019, after 12 years in federal prison. Let that sink in for a quick moment, that a guy who caused billions of dollars worth of damage is out walking right now. Meanwhile, Donald Trump, who, yes, he definitely misrepresented things to get loans, not dismissing that whatsoever. I'm just asking through the lens, common sense, the banks went and testified on his behalf and said not only did he pay them back, but they also <laughs> collected interest on his payments. So tell me what was so bad that Judge Engeron had to take almost a $400 million penalty to Donald Trump by the time all the extra fees come in for his son and everybody else. Why was that necessary? Versus Enron, where $350 billion in trades were going down. This isn't justice. And if you believe that, you know, the FBI is weaponized against both of these individuals, then you got to believe that the justice system now, it's the reason why I brought up the Supreme Court a few minutes ago, is also weaponized against individuals. Why would anyone want to run for politics in this country at this point? It's a dangerous thing. You can almost be certain that they're going to come after you. And when I say they, I don't know exactly who they are, but it's definitely a, a billionaire class. It's people that are in control, that have a lot more power than you and I could ever imagine. That is why I believe it's important now, more than ever, to pay attention. Make sure that you're aware of what are the financial interest of the individuals that you're hiring uh, or voting for, I guess I should say. Very important. Follow the money, follow the money, follow the money at all times. Another common sense thing. You guys see the study about COVID vac vaccines or what the study doesn't tell you? Hmm. I read it, read it on Tuesday morning. And I sent it to a few people because... This is the smoking gun of research. This is what Dr. Peter McCullough on the network has been talking about. This is what my guests have been trying to warn people about. And I still have people that pedal, get your boosters, they're safe and effective. And I almost think at this point in time, either they're trolling me and the show, or they really fall into what I was saying earlier about the cognitive dissonance or talking about their bias for common sense blockage. Because when COVID vaccines from companies like Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca are now linked through a study that the World Health Organization used the Global Vaccine Data Network and looked at expected versus observed rates of 13 medical conditions and studied a population of 99 million people. When I see that the Global Vaccine Data Network with the WHO says that there are cases of myocarditis, which they call rare, 
but we're going to get to those numbers in just a few seconds. Now, myocarditis, as Dr. McCullough has talked about, is inflammation of the heart. And not only in some cases you can recover from it, in other cases it causes damage that's lifelong that could cause immediate heart failure, which could be reason why athletes are dropping dead while they're playing games. And they found that in the second and third doses of Pfizer and BioNTech's and Moderna's mRNA vaccines, that the increase of myocarditis went up, especially after the second dose of the Moderna. It was 6.1 times the expected rate of cases. Now that is in the journal vaccine. Another heart condition called pericarditis had a 6.9-fold increased risk in those who took a third dose of AstraZeneca's that's their viral vector vaccine. And there's a first and fourth dose of Moderna that had a 1.7 and 2.6-fold increase to pericarditis. You would be two and a half times at greater risk of developing Gillian-Barr if you took the AstraZeneca compared to what the researchers had expected to see. 3.2 times greater risk of getting blood clots among that same population. And there was a 3.8 times greater risk of developing a neurological disorder like an acute disseminated encephalomyelitis after the Moderna vaccine was administered, and a 2.2 risk of that when the AstraZeneca was. So what do these numbers actually mean? Now, they say that, you know, the odds of all adverse events is still much, much higher when infected with COVID-19, so you should just get vaccinated because it's still by far the safer choice. And that is, ironically, the CEO of the biotech company, Centivax. <laughs> There's absolutely... No reason for him to be in on vaccines now, is there? Now, COVID vaccines do not stop you from getting infections. Let's look at the risk. A myocarditis risk after the second dose of a COVID vaccine is 35.9 per 100,000 people, which means out of a million people, 359 people will develop a risk for myocarditis. Now, that is at 1 uh, million people. I just said we have 13.5 billion people. 13.5. Do you want to run the numbers real quick on how many people have gotten myocarditis at these rates and then tell me that this is still safe? You know, as Peter McCullough and Dr. Mackis and so many others that have said that this mRNA is a failed experiment and all of these vaccines need to be pulled immediately. This paper that the WHO is promoting states at this point in time, when you do the risk analysis of the numbers, that the vaccine has now killed tens of millions of people. Out of 13.5 billion, if you can look at this and go tens of millions of people have died, and that's okay because look at all the people that didn't die out of the billions. What type of human being are you? If you had a 1% chance of possibly dying from the vaccine, and you have a possible 1% chance of dying from COVID, why are you going to basically do both? Why are you going to get COVID and get vaccinated at this point in time? I mean, unless you're in the elderly uh, category, and even then I'm not even sure that you should be considering this at this point in time, you've got to be a special type of stupid to continue to buy what they're selling. In fact, in all other vaccines, and I've seen this graphic out there before, but I've never actually talked about it or shared it because I wanted to see this type of data finally confirmed. But if you combine every vaccine that's ever been developed before 
the uh, BioNTech vaccine and the mRNA through Moderna and AstraZeneca Janssen. All of them do not compare. They do not add up to the total damage that mRNA has done. And in percentage, does not add up. In fact, all researchers that I've spoken to, and I've spoken to a ton of them, none of them are willing to come onto the show and talk for fear of their jobs. But they all tell me the same thing. They say mRNA is a failed experiment. It should never have been offered this way. And that's exactly what it remains this day. They say, Greg, it's still an experiment. What's the acceptable loss if it's your son, your daughter? Is that okay? Your uncle, your mother, your father? This is just the tip of the iceberg. But the data is now out there. And all the vaccine pro-safe and effective it's okay to admit that you got a little pie on your face. Common sense is going to tell me that you're going to struggle with this. At this point in time, confronted with this information as you're listening to the show, I want to approach you with kindness. I don't want to rub this in your face because I believe that part of where individuals are going to come for this is our cognitive bias, right, is going to be in an anchoring bias. Because the first piece of information you encountered completely over and over was Stephen Colbert, Rachel Maddow, the president, and so many others saying, it's safe and effective. This is our end to COVID. And so you got to break that. And common sense, until you break that cognitive bias, you cannot see this data and you will not listen to what I have to say. Your emotional bias, fear, did you harm yourself? Could you have harmed somebody else in promoting this? That emotional bias might be kicking in right now. Even as I was talking about the Kansas City shooters, I was talking about the FBI, that emotional bias that you're feeling, the anxiety that you feel might keep you from feeling common sense. So how do we combat this? Well, I think we got to remove our emotions a little bit. We've got to be willing to just read and listen with open ears and to listen twice as much as we speak. If we want to develop our common sense, what are some ways that we can do so? Well, I'm going to give you a few. If you would like to practice, first, start observing and reflecting before speaking or having a response to somebody. Start looking at the everyday situations at your work. Why does your work do what they do the way that they do it? Have you ever had employees say, well, why do we do it this way? And maybe get reflective about it, or maybe you get reactive about it. Be reflective. Then seek diverse experiences. One of the things that I think has broken me from an old way of thinking is moving from a Catholic school education and teaching at a public school education and starting to get a diverse experience of where different people come from, their opportunities versus mine. Read, 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 read. Watch some TED Talks. And I'm not joking, like TED Talks are still one of the greatest gifts that are available online. You can find experts in their subject matter presenting on things that you would never have thought of listening to. And then, and only then, once you've done these, start practicing your critical thinking 
by questioning commonly held assumptions. Evaluate the evidence that's in front of you. Think about all the other perspectives. That does not make you a conspiracy theorist. It makes you a critical thinker. Analyze people's arguments, including mine. Figure out if there were illogical fallacies. Figure out if I was making a reasoned judgment or the people that you're listening to are. Read the headlines. If you go to foxnews.com, you'll find that it's sensational headlines. That's horrible journalism, ladies and gentlemen. You should not be getting your news from Fox News with the sensationalism that they put out there. Learn from your mistakes. If you identified something, you identified it wrong, then be willing to say, how was wrong on that? Black Lives Matter. It's one of the areas that I've told people I was wrong. A couple of years ago, the uh, way I approached that, it took me speaking with family that were police officers and other individuals to get their perspectives to realize where my view had changed. After that, ask for feedback. I have people that listen to the show and they're like, hey, Greg, I don't like the tone of where you've been going with some of these episodes. I, I, I miss it when you're in a different way. I have people that are like, hey, I kind of really enjoy not having politics on your show. Uh, I take all that feedback from you, my trusted listeners, my friends, my family. And then I try to figure out how can I grow from the feedback that you give me? I think that's important. If you want to have common sense, think long-term. Don't think about the bills that you want to pass with legislation. Think about how is that going to affect things in the future? How is that going to affect other individuals' lives? And mostly, the most important thing after your curiosity and you go through all of that, I want you guys to practice some empathy. Empathy is big for me. You know, I often say it's morals and ethics, but I think at the end of the day, it's finding a way to place myself in somebody else's shoes and think, how could I understand the world from their perspective? How could my actions impact them and the rest of their life? And how does that mean that I have to treat somebody in an ethical and moral way? So yeah, that's what I'm looking at in the headlines. I'm paying attention to things that just don't make sense for me. What are you struggling with? What are common sense issues that you see and you're wondering what's happening? I want to hear about it. Go to at real Greg Bolden over on the X.com format, formerly Twitter, or you can go over to my Patreon page, patreon.com backslash America emboldened and leave your comments below. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Are these things adding up to you? What's some of the biggest things uh, where should we be spending our time, bold Americans and family here on the America Out Loud Network? Hope that I honored your time well. I'll be back on Friday with some more brilliance. Uh, from who? I don't know. But we'll, we're going to have, well, Chris Michaels will be back on the show. And if you got to check out his new show, Unleashed on Mondays. He's got a bunch of different hosts doing Unleashed on the America Out Loud Network. But you can hear Michaels every single Monday and then put in podcast format afterwards. So make sure you guys check that out as well. Support my brother from another mother. <laughs> All right, everybody. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Make sure you keep those watchful eyes open and live your life with your commonality of all of your sensibilities. You've been listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden. Be bold, America. Thank you.